I freely choose to love. We've said those words so many times here in sermons and prayers and songs and affirmations. And that phrase featured largely in that new pledge we looked at by David Alt the first week of this month. But do we truly understand the depth and the power in that? I freely choose to love. So today we look at, or more accurately, we feel into the idea of having the freedom to love. And for the final time this month, I'm going to share with you the words of religious science founder Dr. Ernest Holmes in The Science of Mind on page 25. And this time, we're going to pay close attention to the final line. Freedom is the birthright of every living soul. Our inherent nature is forever seeking to express itself in terms of freedom. We do well to listen to this inner voice, for it tells us of a life wonderful in its scope and in a love beyond our fondest dreams. It tells us of a love beyond our fondest dreams. That's big. I want to make a point about love this morning that has a nuance of difference from points made about love in the past. Because you know I talk about it all the time here. This is a little bit different. Are you ready to receive it? Yeah? You have the right. Undeniable, inalienable, incontrovertible, and the freedom in any and every moment to know yourself as love. To know yourself as love. This is different. Subtly, but hugely importantly different from loving yourself. Many of us spend lots and lots of time and money with therapists and counselors and ministers and self-help gurus trying to learn to love ourselves, and yet we struggle to stop focusing on all the things that we think of as flaws, our mistakes, our missteps, our failings, or we can only see ourselves through the eyes of others who've been less than kind to us in the past. And so we try to love ourselves in spite of all of this. Because something in us knows that we'll be happier and that life will have greater meaning and purpose if we could just get there. Because we hear that self-love is the key to happiness within our lives. But here's that subtle difference in what I'm saying this morning. We really don't need to learn to love ourselves. We don't need to try to love ourselves in spite of or even because of. Instead, we simply need to begin to know ourselves as love. The very essence of our existence, our worth, our purposefulness, our value lies in the spiritual truth that we are love. Yes, that's a truth with a capital T. It's not a concept. It's not a possibility. It is the bona fide authentic truth 
that lies at the heart of all things. Joel Goldsmith said, love does not come to us. Love is within us, and we must open a way for it to escape. Isn't that beautiful? A couple of weeks ago, I quoted the 13th century Persian mystic Rumi in our talk about freedom to experience peace, where he spoke about a field so perfect that matters of conflict ceased to exist. And here, Rumi makes a return with this about love. Your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. Isn't that a cool visual? It's already in there. Just remove the barriers. And in Living the Science of Mind on page 234, Ernest Holmes says, God has deposited love at the center of our being, whether we know it or not. Great thinkers throughout history have taught the same thing over and over again. Love is the answer to everything. We just have to choose to live from it. I told a story a couple of months ago about a conversation between God and the angels. Um, And the question was asked, where shall we hide humanity's divine love? The highest mountain was one suggestion. No, someone will be able to climb even the highest mountain someday and they will surely discover it. The deepest sea was another answer. No, they'll find it there too. But the winning answer? Hide it inside of them at the very center of their being. They'll never think to look there. You have the right and the freedom to look there and to know yourself as love, and then to be joined with that which extends and completes your love. Know yourself as love, and then act upon it. We all have that freedom, and it's the truth of every one of us. Just look within. You have the right to know yourself as love, and then to be joined with that which extends and completes your love. We all do. Now, I want to give you two other examples, which I'm hoping will enable you to feel into the love that each and every one of us is. And as I do, you have a job. Your job is to look for a common thread among them all. Now, the hint... It's what extends and completes our love. That's the the big question we're asking. So first, Henry Robert Pierce, called Bobby, he was an Australian scholar of the 1920s and 30s who was and is still viewed as an iconic sportsman. And for those who don't know, a scholar is a rower who uses two oars. Okay? And... um, He was inducted into the Australian Hall of Fame in 1985, where they named him the finest scholar of all, professional or amateur, in all the years before World War II. And that is the quote that you will find. So yeah, this guy's a legend. His legend might spring from the fact that he was the first single scholar in the world to win back-to-back Olympic gold medals, but it was actually an act of compassion not a physical prowess, 
that truly immortalized him in people's hearts and minds. It was in the Amsterdam Olympics of 1928, and Pierce was leading in his quarterfinal race when he heard shouts from the bank. He turned around and came face to face with a duck, followed by a line of fluffy ducklings crossing the Stoughton Canal right across his path. He could have simply cut through them. This was the Olympics, after all. That was important. But instead, he rapidly slowed his boat, leaning heavily on his oars, and he waited until the ducks had passed. His competitor, Vincent Sorin, he was a powerful rower who would go on to win nine national titles at three European championships, took advantage of this of his opponent's gentlemanly pause to create a five-length lead. Remember, they're nearing the end of the race here. In an incredible display of skill, in the final 1,000 meters of the race, Pierce caught up to the Frenchman, securing an almost 30-second lead as he crossed the finish line. That's a big margin when it comes to races. 30 seconds between first and second, that's huge. He not only won that race, but ultimately the final and set a new games record and showed us a simple act of compassion which has never been forgotten. This next story happened when my oldest son, Joey, was just starting to walk. And I remember the way my heart dropped and then swelled as I listened to the news clip about this for the first time. This was on August 16th, 1996. Yes, Joey's all grown up now. I can't believe it either. So on August 16th, a three-year-old boy was visiting Chicago's Brookfield Zoo with his parents and decided he wanted a closer look at the gorillas. So he wiggled away from his parents, climbed over a railing, and fell 18 feet into the enclosure landing near seven gorillas. But as patrons cried out for help, expecting the worst for the three-year-old boy lying on the concrete below, an unlikely hero emerged. Binti Jua was a rare western lowland gorilla and a first-time mother to a new baby girl named Kua. And she lumbered over to where the boy lay, shooing away all the other gorillas, many of whom were known for being aggressive. And she then gently lifted his body, and cradling him in her arms, she carried him to a doorway and laid him at the feet of waiting paramedics. The female gorilla appeared to act out of purely maternalistic compassion for the human child who quickly and fully recovered from the accident. An interesting fact is that Binti Jua had been abandoned by her mother as an infant and was raised by human parents. Do you think those parents taught her about divine love? Or do you think it was she who taught them? What did you notice is a common thread among the stories I've told today? Every one of them involved the giving of love to another. Whether that other was of the same species or not. And the act of selfless concern seemed to be an almost unconscious automatic act. 
It was the love that they are, which in that moment they knew themselves to be, that propelled those actions. Yes, a gorilla is a god in expression. Remember, God is all there is, right? So everything is God. And God is love, so everything is love. Everything is love. That's a lot to fully realize, so let's continue to break it all down in a different way. I mean, we can hear it and comprehend the words but the, and the concept that they describe, but getting it, really getting it, it is something you consciously have to work at applying all the time. Trust me. I struggle in more ways than one. Thank you. The idea here, though, is that we break it down so that we can really get it, so that we can mentally and spiritually get out of its way. That's the hard part. So on page 74 of How to Use the Science of Mind, Ernest Holmes writes, there is but one ultimate impulsion in the universe. This impulsion is love. This love is more than an emotional sentiment, although it must include all such emotional sentiments. It is the pure essence of divine givingness. The moments when we step out from behind our own ego-driven, face-saving walls and allow ourselves to express divine givingness, in those moments, we know ourselves as love. Whether consciously, subconsciously, or as you've heard me say, superconsciously, in this space up here from which answers spontaneously appear. And then, as if automatically, that love is extended and completed. And in those moments with our hearts wide open, we can begin to have a new appreciation for ourselves. A new understanding for ourselves. Dare I say that in those moments when we allow them, we love ourselves. And so it comes full circle. But why just wait for those moments? How about we cultivate the knowing? Today, I choose to know myself as love. Say that with me and really put some truth into it. Today, I choose to know myself as love. Now take a minute to realize just what that means. And let's all say it again. Let's direct it into our hearts and cement it into every part of us. As we say, today, I choose to know myself as love. Every time we make a conscious choice to serve, to uplift, to help another, whether human, animal, plant, or any other thing, we are choosing to know ourselves as love. Here's a wild tangent for you. There was a Keebler cookie commercial running several years ago, and I think it's been stuck in my mind for such a long time because its focal point is what I've been babbling about up here, and it popped into my head while I was writing. In this ad, there's two little girls. They come running into the kitchen, an older girl and a smaller, and they open up the bag of cookies, and 
pull out the tray, and there's only one left. And they both eye the one cookie. And then they look at each other. And then the older sister takes it out of the bag and looks at it again. And you can see the wheels turning. Can I get away with this? Should I get away with this? But after just a moment, you see her decision, and she hands the cookie to her little sister. In that moment, she knew herself as love. And she followed that love by extending and completing it. And lo and behold, when she turned back to what she thought was an empty bag of cookies, there was another cookie in it. And the camera then pulls back, and we see behind a jar on the counter a little Keebler elf all out of breath and looking very happy. So, having witnessed the act of love between the two children, I guess you could say that the little Keebler elf also knew itself as love and did that which extended and completed it. I have that video on my phone, too, if you want it. I got it all. I can back up what I say. Now, in those moments, when we choose to participate in the divine givingness of life, we are love, and we are so richly blessed. Would you be willing this morning to do something else, maybe a little risky, to cultivate the knowing? Yeah? I'm going to put my music hat on for this, and I'm going to call these folks on up. And the dude with the the fingers over there. Now, several of you have come to me and expressed your reticence to sing out loud. But please humor me here. We're all generously socially distanced. If you feel like you're close to somebody and they'll hear you, just take a couple steps. We've got plenty of room. No one will hear you if you don't want them to. In your programs, you have that laminated card. And on the side with the logo... There are some words. I first heard this many, many, many moons ago, one of the New Thought Music Symposiums Agape hosted, and I had a heck of a time following it and finding it online. So I emailed Ricky Byers. I said, uh, I can't find this, and it's been stuck in my head for 20-plus years. She couldn't give me the music either. So... Thank God for that man over there and those people right here because I sent the file to Carrie and I said, can you? He texted me back 30 minutes later to say that he'd transcribed it. And these folks hung out with me all Thursday night to figure it out. So let's give them some props real quick. Now, this is a simple little chant with a powerful effect. And my son said this doesn't make sense. So I want you to look at the words and think about them. They do make sense if you slow down. I love myself so much that I can love you so much that you can love you so much that you can start loving me. Isn't that cool? So we're going to hear it from the choir first. That you can love you so much That 
that you can start loving me. Now you guys, I love myself so much that I can love you so much that you can love you so much that you can start loving me. Now all together, keep going. That I can love you so much That you can love you so much That you can start loving me One more I love myself so much That I can love you so much That you can love you so much That you can start loving me Are you feeling it? Yeah? And now that we're awake, choir, you can take a seat for a brief moment. Thank you for leading and doing all the amazing things that you do. See, you thought that was going to be it, and I was going to walk away. Never predict when it comes to me, because I surprise myself. Why is there any reason you guys would know? In Living the Science of Mind on page 267, Ernest Holmes wrote, It is only through love that we find the presence in its greatness and can use the power in its fullness. So this morning, my friends, and every day, let's consciously choose to connect with the greatness of the presence of God by knowing ourselves as love and using the power of God to the fullest by extending our love out into the world. And I want us to end our time together this morning with a portion of the new Pledge of Allegiance by David Alt that we started our month with. It's on the other side of that laminated card in your programs. So if you will, if you're on board with this, please stand And place whatever hand you want to on your heart. Because it never occurred to me why there was a reason it had to be this one or this one. Put a hand on your heart. And stand up and say after me. I pledge allegiance to a love that has no agenda. I no longer choose to give for what I might get. To manipulate in order to control. To abandon before I can be abandoned. To tolerate because there are seemingly no other options. I choose to love as a way of being. I am content in my choice, whether outside circumstances respond or not. In being love, I create fulfillment above and beyond what the human condition can provide. So let it be. And so it is. Thank you.